we got through another year and now we're faced with a brand new one. So what, what Omar's just read, yeah, I've turned it on. What Omar's just read, within it is a message for us for 2016. Yeah, it's on, Sean. There's a message within this passage for us for 2016. There's quite a few things going on in the passage. Jesus is with his disciples in the boat. The storm comes. It's a very, very, very popular passage of scripture. The disciples say, okay, we're perishing, Lord, wake up, wake up, wake up. We're perishing. I just want to say at the beginning of this message that Jesus, as you know, he's our example. That he's the God of the universe and he put on flesh. And he came and he walked and he lived as a man to show us that, you know, this is the way to do it. This is how you do life on earth as a human being. And Jesus was in the boat asleep when the storms rose. I don't know, I think some of you have have been to to Israel. I've been to Israel, I've been on the Sea of Galilee. When the storms hit in that part of the world, it really hits bad. So it wasn't a case of there wasn't a storm or it was just little. Obviously it was big, but Jesus was asleep. And the disciples came and said, Lord, 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 we're perishing. And he's The message for today is either in 2016 you are going to either be in fear or you're going to be in faith. And the choice is the choice is yours. You're either going to have a year of fear or you're going to have a year of faith. And I want to share with you today how you get from fear. Use the handheld. Is it the battery or anything? Do you want to check the battery? Yeah, I will. going to be our choice for this year whether we are going to live in fear or whether we are going to live by faith so I'm going to share with you how we get from fear to faith so they've woke Jesus up and they've said Jesus Jesus we're perishing and if you see in verse I think it's 26 Jesus says why are you so fearful are you of little faith So it's a question, but we just read it and we read the next bit of the verse. But Jesus is actually asking, he's asking a question. He's saying, why are you so fearful? So I'm asking you that question today so that you can highlight some of your fears inside of your mind. Why are you so afraid of things? This is what Jesus said to his disciples and he is our example of how we're to live. The the, the disciples are just like us. Oh my God, we're perishing, we're perishing. We don't know where to turn. Lord, we're perishing, we're perishing. The storms of life are here and we're, per- we're perishing. But Jesus says the same to us today as he said to them. Why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. So what Jesus is saying is that your faith is big. Your faith is, sorry, your fear is massive. Your fear is big and your faith is small. Do you agree with that? That's what Jesus is saying. That we have great fear or the disciples had great fear, and he's saying, and your faith was so little. Why is it? Why are you so afraid to believe me? Why are you so afraid to trust me, Jesus is saying? Do you not know that he's got your best interests at heart? 
Why are you so fearful of the things of this world? Why are you so afraid of thinking he's not going to answer your prayer? You're not going to get um, that woman of your dreams or that man of your dreams. You're not going to get a job. You're not going to be able to pass your exams. Doesn't matter how hard you study, you're not going to be able to. You're so afraid. You're so afraid of what people think of you. You're so afraid that they think this of you and that they don't think that of you. Why are you so afraid in your life? And Jesus is saying the same today. Why are you so fearful? Don't have so much fear and and little faith. But the reality is it's easier said than done, isn't it? When you're afraid. When you're really afraid of something. The other thing that the Lord highlighted to me in this passage was that Jesus, he was God incarnate. He he was God. He was the living God. So the presence of God was with them. Jesus was with them. He He was in the boat. But why wasn't the presence of God enough for them? Have you ever asked yourself that? When I was reading it and just meditating on it and praying over it over the last few weeks, Jesus was there, the presence of God was there, but yet they were so fearful still. Why was they so fearful? And I think the answer lies in the way Jesus responded. He asked them a question, he said, why are you so fearful, you of little faith? And then what he done next shows you that the presence has to be mixed with something else. What did Jesus do? Jesus rose up. He rose up and he spoke the word. He rebuked the word. He was the word. He is the word. And yet he used the word to rebuke what was happening in the situations. So I just want to encourage you today and say to you that we're living in in, in times where things are unsettled all over the world. The storms of life are going to come. It's not if the storms of life come. When. It's when. When the storms of life come and hit your life, what are you going to do? Whatever 2016 has got in store for you, you've got to realise that storms always come. Whether it's 2016, whether it's 1965, 67, 1989, 1990, we all experience storms in life. Whether you know God or whether you don't know God, everybody experiences storms in life because we live in a dark world. We live in a fallen world where there is evil. And where there is someone against us that wants us to feel pain all the time, feel confusion all the time, to doubt all the time, to live in fear all of the time. This is what every day we wake up to. Some of us, no sooner do we open our eyes before we even get one foot out of the bed. We're bombarded, bombarded with fear, terror. You don't want to face the day. Because we have an enemy of our soul. But Jesus is our example. He gives us an example of how to do this how to do this life in Christ he is the presence of God he was the presence of God he was with the disciples and yet he stood up and he rebuked the storm and the Bible said and then the calm came because he mixed his presence with his word his word is above all the word of God is life the word of God cannot be hidden It shouldn't be hidden from your lives as Christians. We have a natural life and we have a supernatural life. We wake up every day, we do what we're supposed to do. You get up, you get washed, you do your hair, you go to work, you go to school, you go to uni. You do what you need to do. We've got a natural life. You live in your family, you have relationships. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're sad. That's your natural life. But you've also got a supernatural life. You've also got a life, you and God. You and God, how much time do you spend in your supernatural life? How much time do you spend thinking about God? The power of the word changes things. The word of God 
is amazing. So the, the disciples were, they were training on the job here. The disciples were just amazed after Jesus had calmed the storms. What did they say? What manner of man is this? They marveled, the Bible said. That means they wondered, oh my God, who is this man? They'd already been through so many different cities and towns, seeing the healings and the deliverances and the way Jesus set people free. And yet they still said, what manner of man is this? And when I was reading that, I was thinking, God, what's wrong with them? You know, they saw all of those things and they're still saying that. Who is he? But I thought that's just like we are. Jesus will do a miracle for you. It will set you free. You'll be on cloud nine. You'll be like, I'm set free. And then you'll be bombarded with fear and, and you'll be robbed from that. And the next storm comes, you're like, oh my God, I'm so perish- I'm so, so afraid, I'm perishing. I'm perishing, Lord. But we do that, don't we? That's what the disciples do. We look and say, Jesus, Jesus, I love you. Yeah, you've, you've come through for me this time. And then where does that go? It dissipates, doesn't it? That's why we need to be continuously in the presence of the Lord, hearing the word of God, hearing teaching, worship, giving your life over also to your spiritual life, not just your natural life. There's nothing wrong with your natural life. God gave you a natural life. He gave us a natural life to work and to have family and to do those things and to enjoy what we're doing. But he doesn't want you to enjoy it at the expense of your spiritual life. What God's got in store for you, he wants to show you. And if you're so busy and so wrapped up in this natural life, how can he get your attention? He set you apart. You're an individual. You're somebody special and unique. You're not like the person next to you. You're somebody who God handcrafted and said, this is the person, this is my son, this is my daughter. I'm sending you to this earth. And when I send you to this earth, I've got an assignment for you. I've got an assignment for you. I've got something for you to do in your family. I've got something for you to do in this world. We are here to make a difference. And I'm not talking about to be in a pulpit in front of millions of people and preach. And I'm talking about you make the difference where you are. Think of how many times, just over Christmas, just over the last week or so, a couple of weeks or so, people have made a difference to you. Family, friends, the kindness, the love. When, when you're receiving it, how, how you just feel, you feel loved. Well, you do that to others as well. You make a difference. It's not because you're behind the pulpit preaching. It's not because you've got a great big ministry. It's because you make a difference where you are. You matter where you are. God saved you at the time he saved you on that day and that time for a reason. There's nothing back there. There is nothing back there. For those of you who are struggling thinking, what's this all about, this Christianity? There is nothing back there. You are living in the light and the truth of God. You've had years and years and years of being out of his will, of being away from him. And he's, he's been longing. He's saying, son, I'm going to get you one day. Daughter, I'm going to bring you one day into the kingdom. And when I do, I'm going to reveal such a plan for you. So just hold on for those that are struggling. You just hold on and watch and see what your father's got in store for you. Don't be so full of fear. Be full of faith. And the way that you get fear out is you drive it out with the faith of God. You drive it out with the word of God. The presence of God. Suddenly these things happen. That's what the Bible says. Suddenly they was in the boat and suddenly a storm arose. You know what it's like. Life's just going along and suddenly you get that phone call. Suddenly you hear that news. Suddenly things go wrong. Suddenly, all of a sudden. But don't be distracted by those suddenlies. God said the storms of life are going to come. You're not like those that are perishing without Christ. You've got Christ. When those storms come, you've got an answer. 
You've got an answer. God is working things out in you. He's building content inside of you. Some of you can say, well, I've been believing God for years. I don't know what's happening. God is still building, building content in you. He's still working things out inside of you. He's got a great destiny for each and every one of us. And the way that we will embrace that destiny is to be people of faith, to be people of the word, the washing of the word, the word of God. I love the word of God. Some people like, like worship. It's, it's the same, worshiping God. In the Old Testament, King David, he commanded that in the temple, 24-7 worship should go on. 24-7, there were shifts, eight-hour shifts, that we should forever worship the Lord. I love the word. I like hearing the word. I have the word of God. in our, well, We have the word of God in our house, constantly going. And I was, um, I was in the kitchen the other day, and I, um, I, heard, um, I heard a scripture. And it was like the first time I'd ever heard it. And I just sat there and thought, Lord, Lord, what a beautiful word. It's been on for about five months, that particular CD. But the word has life and the word washes us. Most of us have been walking along and we've dropped something on the floor in the rain or the mud. And you go to pick it up and it's, you know, it's disgusting, isn't it? You need to wash it out. And that's what we're like. This world, we get caught up in the mud. We get caught up in the things that attach themselves to us. So you need the word to wash you. You know what it's like when you really, you've had a hard day and you just feel hot and sweaty and you just want to go home and have a bath and a shower. And as soon as you've done that, you feel relieved, don't you? You feel clean. That's what the word of God does to you. That's what the supernatural word of God does to you. And you can just have it in your home. You're going about your business doing what you're doing. But yet, as you're doing what you're doing, the word is still there washing you just washing you, cleansing you. Your spirit is never asleep. Your spirit is forever awake. God has got something great for you all in 2016, every single one of us. And it's not just, oh, something to say at the first Sunday of um, 2016. I was so happy. I was so happy that I was going to be given the privilege to um, preach today. I thought, I'm going to preach the first Sunday of 2016. I am happy, Lord. I'm happy. What have you got to say to your people? That's what I want to know, Lord. What what have you got to say to your people? And that's what he's got to say. Don't have massive big fear and little faith. Have massive, 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 massive faith in Jesus. Let's walk in love because love casts out fear. The love of God casts out fear. The Father's plan was and is absolutely perfect. He had a plan of salvation for all of us. You are on the heart of the Father constantly. Some of you young people, when you're in school, don't ever forget that God is watching you in school. God is with you in school. He's not a judge. He's not judging you. That's what God wants you to realise, all of us, but especially you young people. God is not judging you in school. He's not saying, look at you, you just did that. You've done that. You've done that. was wrong. That was wrong. God is watching you in school. God is watching you in uni. God is watching you and he's there by your side and he just wants to help you. He wants to help you for what you're learning. He wants to help you through your mock exams. He wants to help you while you're training. He wants to help you when you get that teacher you cannot stand. You just don't like them because you think that teacher doesn't like you. You go to uni and you think, oh no, this is too hard. The Spirit of God is there to help you. He's a helper. He was sent into this world. Jesus himself said, it's more, it's more to your advantage that I go and the Holy Spirit comes. Because he's going to help you, guide you, stand by you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to be your intercessor. He's going to know you so well. 
and he wants you to rely on him and he wants you to depend on him. So when the disciples said, what type of manner of man is this? And I was reading it, I thought, yeah, they heard, they saw when John the Baptist baptised um, Jesus. And if they didn't all see it, they'd, they'd heard about it because some of them did see it. And they must have heard the father's voice that said at the time, this is my beloved son. And yet they still said, what manner of man is this? They saw a miracle right before their eyes and they still said, how comes, how comes, who is he? So God wants you to be encouraged. He knows we live in a world where we are bombarded with doubt and unbelief, where we struggle sometimes. And we say to ourselves sometimes, what is this all about? What is this all about? I can't make it. But God is saying, the reality is I am in your life. My presence is in your life. My word is available to you to set you free and to set the people free that you influence. Look at the people that you influence. The people in your family, your friends, your colleagues, the people in school. We've got great influence on people and we can give away what we've been given. When Jesus set you free and when Jesus took you out of darkness... And he transformed you into a different kingdom where everything looks different. For some of us, when we got born again, the the elements looked different, didn't they, to some people? The the trees looked different. The sky looked different. For those of you who didn't experience that, in your heart, things were different. Things were different. Something happened to you that you were no longer the same person. And there's nothing back there. So we might as well give everything that we are, everything that we have to the Lord and live this life live this life fully committed, fully devoted to the saviour of our soul. Don't be full of fear. Don't be full of fear. Stand up and realise that this is a time to be alive. 2016, it's going to have storms, people. I'm not up here to say, yes, it's 2016. This is going to be the best year ever. It might be the best year ever. Even if it is, we still face storms. We face storms and the way the climate of this world is, there's a lot of shaking, there's a lot of things going on, but God is preparing you. God is preparing you. Inside of you, your earthen vessel, God is preparing you. For those of you that haven't given your heart fully to God yet, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. Don't be on the fence. You are either with God in the kingdom or you're not. Don't be on the fence. Open up your heart. Give God everything. So these disciples were being trained on the job. You know what it's like when you go into a new environment, a new job. You've got to learn different things. You've got to learn, you know, um, different databases. Or you've got a new teacher in school. Or you go to uni, there's a new class. Everything's new. You go to a new building. You've got to find your way around. But we've got a mentor, the Holy Spirit. We are still being trained on the job. And I want to ask you during your training what have you learned during some of you the years and years and years and years of training what have you learned some of you are just at the beginning start the start of the um, journey we are being trained for a reason I'm ministering to somebody at the moment and he's just about to do his um, GCSEs a young man and I said to him look if you don't get if you don't get yourself right you you would have wasted 11 years if you don't get do GCSEs, I said, you would have waited 11 years. And it's kind of like he frowned and didn't realise. What do you mean 11 years? I said, yeah, you've been in school 11 years. 11 years it takes to get to the stage to do GCSEs. So for you to have this blasé attitude that you can't be bothered, just let me let you know that you've wasted 11 years. 
when we are being trained, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. All the training that you've had, all what you've been through in your family, in your own life, your own personal life, all the struggles that you faced already, the fears that you've already put aside and you've broken through and you've gone on and you've gone on. Those of you that are sitting here today, married, and you know years ago you weren't going to be married because you thought, I've had enough of this. I'm giving up. I've really had enough. Those of you here that, that have struggled year in, year out with mental health problems, but you're still here today because God has been faithful to you and God will continue to be faithful to you. 2016 is a time to be full of the word of God. If Jesus himself, the presence of God himself, used the word of God, do you not know its significance then? Doesn't that show us something? That the word of God has life in it. The word of God has got power in it. It washes us, it cleanses us, it gives us direction, it changes us, it holds us up. You can receive a word. You can get a word by a text message and the life of that that comes from that text message into your life, it changes that situation right there and then. How many of you experience that? Look how many. When you are praying for people, give the word of God. This is what I wrote to give out. I've done, um, I've done a handout, but I just want to read some of it. I've done a handout to give to you guys today. But this is what I wrote about the word. When the storms of life come, not if, when the storms of life come and you feel, feel so fearful, do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. Speak the word, read the word, cover yourself in the word, eat the word, trust the word, bring the word back to God. Pray the word, sing the word, bring the word to your circumstances. Give the word away to others. Write the word, let the word heal you. Meet God through the word. See yourself in the word. Be renewed by the word. Clothe yourself in the word. Rely on the word. But most of all, live the word. Live the word of God. Be living epistles of the word. Live your lives soaked in the word of God, clothed in the word of God, knowing the word of God. And when you're in the presence of God, when you feel like worshipping God, you can bring that word back to God and things can change. When you have been bombarded with bad news, do not just crumble in a pile and let that bad news overwhelm you. Use the presence of God and the word of God to combat what has just been said, what has just happened, the circumstance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't, this has been a scripture that me and my husband have used over, uh, over the Christmas period for some struggles and bombardment that was coming from the outside. And God kept saying, stop leaning to your own understanding. Stop trying to work it out. Stop trying to work it out. That's paraphrasing that scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean. Leaning is when you're supported by something. You're leaning. God said, don't lean to the way you understand things acknowledge God in that situation then then the pathway will be made plain too many of us we lean and we were dependent on ourselves we were dependent on what our neighbour saying or our best friend saying what about what Jesus is saying you can change your circumstances by using the word trusting in the word using the word to change circumstances to change your situations you've got to choose life you've got to choose faith instead of fear that's your choice God can't do that for you he can't do that for any of us. We have to choose that. We have to say that you are a God that has set me free. The greatest way of doing that also is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that you're loved and accepted. Finding out what God's got in store for you. And when you're doing it, you stand at your post and you do it fully. Being trained. 
Many of you must have noticed when I when I preach, I like um, I like background music. It's not because I think oh, it just sounds good. It's because I've seen myself in the spirit from years and years and years ago. That when I preach the word, I manoeuvre. I I'm freer in the spirit when I have worship in the background. That's what I do. It so I've I come to terms with that. I remember saying that to a, a minister maybe 25 years ago, and they laughed at me. And you know when it cripples you, you kind of. I was intimidated and I thought, oh, what a stupid idea. And I just put it to the side. I've never done it again. But God has shown me who I am. God will show you who you are. Find out who you are in the Word of God. See yourself in the Word of God. You look in the Word of God and you will see yourself. You will see God has made me, He's created me to be who I am. Unique and different. I've got something to offer this world. I've got something to offer my family. I've got something to offer the people of God. Fall in love with Jesus more and more and more every day. And he said all these other things, meaning all the things that you're hungering for, all the things you're focused on, you focus more on me, he said, and I'll, I'll give you these things. Those other things will just be added to you. It's no big deal, God is saying. That's no big deal for me. But God wants your heart fully. He's a jealous God. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. He prepared for you to be saved and set free so that he could have you to himself. So that he could have you to himself. For, you, for those of you that have, um, you know, heard about history, how many times have we seen in history the old, um, the old English law, law, lords, um, Braveheart, I'm talking about Braveheart, when they would go into Scotland or they would go into countries and they would, um, they would declare that the first night with a new bride that the lords would spend with her and not, not, not the husband. What a violation. What, isn't that a violation? That the first night on someone's wedding night, that some lord would sleep with that woman instead of her husband. Well, God, God sees you as his bride. He wants you to himself. He doesn't want to share you. He wants you to himself. So you give him everything and then he will give you everything. You give him fully your heart, who you are, every single moment of your day and your life. You give him your family because in case you haven't realised, you cannot work things out in your family. You haven't got what it takes to sort them all out. The living God, he's got a plan. He has got the answer and the solution to everything that you face. And that will never change. So 2016, people, let it be a year where the Father God, where the Holy Spirit, where Jesus himself will be so real to you that the word of the living God, living waters, it will just flow out of you because you've spent time, you've spent more time in the presence of God instead of just always on your natural life. It's all about what you're doing in the natural. What are you storing things up for? You can't take nothing with you. What are you storing things up for? Let your heart be fully, fully turned towards the living Saviour. Let your life make a difference to those around you, to others. You can make the difference, people in what you do, what you say, how you live, how you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ and in your home. Some of you younger people, how you treat one another, how you treat the person in school. Do you join in with the bullies? When you see someone bullying, you think, oh yeah, yeah, I'm just going to join in because you feel afraid. I better join in because they won't like me. Don't feel like that. When you see someone else being bullied, don't get on the bandwagon and say, yep, they are, look at them, she's so fat. Look at him, he's so ugly. Look at his trousers. Don't, don't join in with them. God will help you not to join in with him. You make a difference. Don't let you be a person that makes someone else feel intimidated. 
if it is in your power to let someone else feel good, you should do that. Don't withhold love. You know when someone's annoyed you? You know when someone's annoyed you, you think, I don't like them or they've just done that. Maybe you was about to bless them. Maybe you was about to send them a text. Maybe you was about to bless them with whatever. And then you hear something and you withhold. You think, hmm, I ain't saying that. I ain't doing that. They're not having that. That's withholding love. We have no right. We, the Bible says we owe no man nothing, but what we owe each other is love. We owe that to one another. We owe that to one another to give life to one another. That's another way of putting it. We owe it that we give life to one another. That I make a difference in your life. You make a difference in my life. That is what God has called us. We are supposed to make a difference in this world. That's what salt does. We are supposed to make a difference with our, in our marriages, in our relationship with our children, in our relationships with everybody that God has brought into our pathway. That none of us are a mistake. None of us are outside of God's um, eyes. He's watching everything about your life and not in a judgmental way, in a loving way. And he's saying, there's so much I've got in store for you for 2016. There's so much I've got in store for your families. That was one of the things that the Lord said to me. He's going to surprise so many of you this year with your families. You're going to be very, very surprised what he's going to do in and through your lives. And your families, some of your families are going to be just amazingly blessed in ways you couldn't even imagine right now. That's what God's got in store. So be a, be a people that look in the word and say, Jesus, you're our example and we are going to trust in you. We're going to trust in you. The end of this passage, it talks about... Um, the men, man from the Gadarenes, when, when they came out and there was demon possessed and Jesus comes and, you know, he rebukes the demons and then the, they go into the pigs and the pigs die. And what God was showing me about that part of the passage was too many of us have, just like those people in that, in that city, you have your eyes on the things of this world. Those people that saw that, those people that witnessed those pigs going over the cliff and dying, they run back to the city to tell all the city what had happened. There's a man here, and this is what's happened. They were focused on what happened to their pigs, the commodity of the world. They had the mark of the world on them. Like Pastor was saying, I think it was, was it last Sunday? They didn't have the mark of God on them. They were interested in their bacon and eggs and their sausages. That's what they were interested in. They weren't amused that you've done away with our English, and we are not happy. That's how they saw it. You have done away. This is... This is um, this is how we trade. These pigs mean a lot to us. They mean wealth. They mean money. It doesn't say that they said, and when, when we saw what he did, he delivered these, these two men that have been bound up for years. The world is not going to rejoice at what's happening. The news, as you know, should be called the bad news. When do you turn on the news? And it says, how many people have been set free? How many people have been delivered? How many people have been saved? The world is not going to rejoice in that. But we have to rejoice in that. We have to be people that have the mark of God, the seal of God, on our heads, on our hearts. In Deuteronomy, it says that this book of the law shall not depart from your, from your heart and your mouth. In Joshua, it says it too. The word of God should be in our eyes, in our hearts, in our mouths, in our ears, so that we can what? So that we can actually live by it. So that we can live by it. Those scriptures were in the Old Testament. Jesus died so that the New Testament could become real that we're talking about it today and yet they're parallel scriptures they're the same they had the presence of God in the ark the Shekinah glory and yet they still they still said oh God 
You've done all these miracles. But they still needed more, didn't they? They saw all the miracles that God done through them when they was in Egypt. Set them free. And we think, if I'd seen the um, sea part, if I'd seen what he'd done in Egypt and, you know, turn the, um, the, the, the Nile full of blood and all of the, all of the um, miracles, we say to ourselves, oh, I can't believe that they didn't believe that. Next thing, you know, that they're um, building that, that golden calf, worshipping it. How, how did that happen? The same way it happens with you. The same way it happens with me. Because if we don't stay focused, we get these golden calves that are just around in our hearts, in different places in our hearts, building these calves. God wants you to dethrone them. Dethrone those calves and let the word of God be everything to you. Demolish anything that is higher than God in your life with the word of God, with truth, with goodness. The word of God for 2016 is to be a people of faith and to be a people of the word. Too many of us have put, put, down, put down the word and you just survive on what you get on a Sunday. You put the God channel on. You, no, you need to know the word for yourself. What if everything crashes? All social media, you can't get on the, the net. What if that happens? Because that could happen. That could be where we're leading. And maybe you, you, you can't get hand on, on, on the Bible. Well, you've got to have the word in you. You've got to have the word in you. You've got to know the word because it's going to be a life changer and it's going to make the difference in your life or not you will either be full of fear this year or you will be full of faith and that choice it has to be yours you've got to realize that you have to do something about that if you've got a lot of fears in your life right now the way you are going to drive that out is to be a person of the word allowing the word of God to wash you allowing the word of God to set you free can you all just stand to your feet please I just want to make some declarations over you said to the Lord how do I close the service and he said to me bless my people declare blessing over them and truth over them so if you could just raise your hands close your eyes and I'm just going to bless you in the name of Jesus and receive the blessing of the Lord this is a blessing for you for 2016 may the Lord bless you with heightened awareness of your destiny in 2016 I declare over you that God would awaken you to all that he has for your life in this year May the Lord bless you in all your relationships. May you live fully committed and compelled by his love to live this life in truth and goodness. I declare that in 2016 that you walk closer with the Holy Spirit than you've ever done in your life. I pray that Christ is formed in you fully as the pain and the hurts of the past in your soul, they're soothed and healed and you're set free. I decree over you that in 2016, you use the word of the Lord in every situation, in every circumstance, and any storm that should come into your life. May the Lord grant you freedom from all addictions, bad habits and hindrances and making any wrong choices in your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you and bring you into more joy than you've ever known as he brings those you love into his kingdom in 2016. Be blessed and go in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in 2016 in Jesus' name. Do you receive? Amen. Amen. Bless you, everybody. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church, 
If you would like any further information on today's message, we will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.